This morning we read from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 49. But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me, and my Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, have I inscribed you in the palms of my hands? Your walls are continually before me. We pray. Uh, these are your words, dear Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. It kind of occurred to me lately that I don't think the Mario games or the Mario movie would be something that you could kind of come up with today in 2023 and have be successful. I don't think it'd be an easy thing to pitch. I mean, even if you just simply think about the contours of the plot line, I mean, you have a plumber who's trying to rescue a princess through the jumping and things like that. And you got to wonder, it's like, are plumbers really that into monarchies? <laughs> and, and then you got Bowser, and of course... Bowser and Peach don't exactly have the traditional dating relationship, and it's kind of kidnappy. And on the other hand, it's like, I guess at least Bowser believes in marriage first, so that's kind of like a, well, I guess that could be a different sermon. And then you have Mario's power-ups are like mushrooms, and I think... Like, the first rule of parenting is, like, tell your children, hey, don't eat a bunch of rando mushrooms. It's like, you just tell them they're all poisonous. So I think there's, like, a lot of problems that, like, you could not pitch it today. But, you know, the movie made, like, over a billion dollars. Over a billion dollars. And... I think we know the reason for it is nostalgia. It's nostalgia. People knew it from the 80s. The idea worked in the 80s because the competition, I guess, wasn't a lot back then for good games. And now through the powers of nostalgia, everyone kind of wants to see it. So it's like Mario's real power-up is actually the past and to the tune of a $1 billion-plus power-up. And today, you know, I want us to look at the prophet Isaiah and see that his power-up is in the past as well. And I think we, I, I want to explore how we see that too and how for you too, it seems counterintuitive, but you have power-ups in the past as well. You have power-ups there too. And so let's, let's see how that kind of works out. Now first thinking about Isaiah's time, He's going through a bit of a rough patch, we'll say. So this is, think, okay, we're dealing with the promised land. This is after King David, after you have a division in kingdoms, and now you get to, like, other countries kind of coming in and invading and eventually going to bring people off into captivity. And this is a big problem in the, pro- prophet, the prophetic books. But it's not just a problem like, okay, God's punishing people for falling away from the true God. 
though that is a thing that's happening. But it's also that there are people still following God in the promised land. There are still righteous people. And yet they're going to go off into captivity too. The Babylonians aren't going to be like, well, were you pretty good or not? And that'll depend on whether we burn your house down or not. They're just going to conquer everyone. They're going to take everyone. And that's just is how, how invading things works. And that's why with the text, it's, it talks about Zion saying, so God's people are saying, the Lord has forsaken me and the Lord has forgotten me. They saw like a bunch of terrifying problems happening all around them. And really, it's a pretty reasonable conclusion to draw from like, okay, this is kind of a disaster. Is God, are you kind of still at the wheel here? Are you in control? Are you looking out for us? Have you forgotten us? That's a fairly rational conclusion to make. And, you know, we kind of do the same thing too. Uh, I think it's like us. Now, I don't have things to list off from your life. I don't know the problems that you wish God had whooshed away this week or month or the things you wish God would have intervened with and had them not happen at all. I certainly know a few things that I wish he would have maybe whooshed away moderately. But uh, I think the reality is we know a lot of stuff happens to us that's kind of tough and it bugs us. And and when it happens, you know, and it keeps on coming, it's like, well, God, come on. Uh, are you still there? Are you helping me out at all? Or, or what's the deal? It's not a big jump to go from, hey, I got a bunch of problems to, uh, God, come on, where are you? And at those times, we do easily forget of maybe promises God has made in the past. We do maybe forget about the times that he has actually helped, and we can see how he's helped us throughout our lives. We just focus and get lost in the present and the problems that, that face us there. And then we wonder, well, God, God, do you really love us? And then it's not a big leap to say, well, I don't know, God, maybe I, I don't love you as much then either. That is sadly our sinful attitude at times. But well, the world is crashing down around Isaiah. He knows his true power-up is in the past. When the text has the Lord saying, can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? With this mothering language, it's not so helpful to think about your mother today if still living. This is grounded in the past with language about nursing and birthing language in connection with motherhood. And we should think back to that, even though we can't, is kind of the funny thing. We can't think back to it. We can't remember our infancy and things like that. And our mother was out of our control. And I think that is part of the point here, too, is that you have something that's a prior relationship establishing things important for the present for Isaiah and important for the present for us too, important for the present and future. It's this prior relationship. Now even the text acknowledges that, that there are some human relationships that don't live up to this ideal, surely, but God does. And in this uh, mother and child relationship, this prior established thing at birth without control of the child, without works or doing anything to have it, this prior relationship establishes important loving realities for the present. That is, they're power-ups for the present. And that is what is going on in Isaiah's time. 
God wasn't going to like rescue and help or bring them out of captivity by saying, hey, do a bunch of stuff. I got a list for you guys. I'm needy. That's not how God approached it. He's drawing on a past thing. And he's saying, because of this past thing, I'm going to remember things in the past, and that forms what I'm doing now. And in, in Isaiah's time, it's he's, God created them, and he created us. God made covenants with them. He made promises to them, especially about, especially about the Savior that was going to come from them. And so those past things are solid. Those are the power-ups that Isaiah could draw from. And that's how our relationship with God works to you, for, for you and me today, too. I mean, when you've got a mess of problems around you, there's going to be difficulties and doubts and worries and feeling burdened by sin and things like that. And, and where's our power up there? And it's counterintuitive to think of it in the past. And in some ways, we almost lean in on that. And, it, and we can think, as Christians, well, I, I know stuff in the Bible is important today in spite of it being in the past. Or I could think, I know baptism is important in spite of it being in the past. But I'm like flipping the script on that. I'm saying in the past, that's actually a really important detail about all those features, including our baptism. Yay, this is something in the past. It's something priorly established that has impact on how things go today. It's not an in spite of thing. And it's just like the birthing and mothering uh, talk. This is a prior established relationship of love. And that continues on as being an important basis for the present. And that's so, so helpful. Because right now, the present is the thing that's fluctuating. And I don't know what's going on. And the future is fluctuating. I don't know what's going to happen. But the past is a done deal. And I think that's a very comforting done deal. Now, if we look at the Bible and things in the past that are important, I mean, we can start with something like creation as establishing a, a prior relationship. God created us. And then even with sin, this whole plan of sending a Savior, working things out for that to happen. And with Jesus coming in the past. And he died on the cross, and it's not just a, a general, he died it's a, he died also for you, with you in mind, to take your sins away. He rose again, not in a general way only to conquer death, but also in a very specific way to conquer your death. To give you that power up, so to speak, right now in the present. And baptism for us uh, in the past, probably, and Often in infancy even, God gave you rebirth there, and that's something that matters and bears an influence today. He started a faith relationship in baptism, and he nurtures it with his Holy Spirit keeping coming in the word and sacrament. And this unfolding continues out in our lives, and, and one day uh, he's bringing us home to heaven. And so these past realities are so critical for us when the world around us is fluctuating. His love and concern is not based on are you jumping through this or that hoop right now. You, almost, you can't even fit ideas like working or earning or deserving something when we're looking at this mothering language and this birthing language. What is a 
infant earning or deserving or working for. And so that's such a great comfort. This is solid. This is something in the past that establishes you now and into the future. A loving relationship that continues on. I remember one time overhearing, uh, being around a conversation that some older mothers were having about their kids who are now adults. And, they, and one of them made a comment about how she still kind of thinks of them in terms of when they were like a little infant or toddler or something like that. And they all kind of were nodding to that. And I wonder if that's a little bit of what the text is getting at for today, showing us the incredible mothering uh, power of that prior relationship that God has established with us and, and continues in that. It's something we can draw from and find comfort now and into the future. The Lord hasn't forgotten you, whatever you're going through, and I hope that that relationship in the past is something you continue to draw on, something that powers you up each and every day until our Lord brings you home to heaven. Amen. Uh, please rise for prayer. Dear God, Whatever we face each day, help us draw comfort from the prior relationship you've created with us in the past. Through uh, creation, through baptism, through working faith in our hearts, sustain us in that each and every day. Amen.